Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Well, welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Dr. Tim Hayes is not going to be with us today, but we welcome you to the show. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Michael will be with us shortly. He's out on the road. And apologies for it being so long. It's like Blog Talk skipped us for today. And even calling in his host, it was telling us to try back in 23 hours and 59 minutes or whatever and wouldn't let us in. So thank you, Blog Talk, for finally getting me back in there. And we're glad that you all are with us today. So our work is about Aramaic Forgiveness. And that is not about letting another person off the hook for what they bring up in you, but it's about going inside and removing whatever it is that it brought up in you. I see Michael is with us now, so welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're kind of a little raggedy with uh, blog talk today. I don't know what their problem was, but fortunately, we got on a little late, better late than never. And we are just uh, in the throes of uh, readying for a couple of folks to arrive for Laws of Living tonight here in Orlando. And then tomorrow the rest of the uh, the participants arrive and we'll be rock and roll as of tomorrow evening. And uh, there's still a chance. We've got a couple of spaces still open. So uh, if you're wanting to jump in and get some really serious work done, then give us a call and uh, plan to be here tomorrow night or actually even Friday would work if uh, if you need a little more time to make those preparations. But anyway, we're uh, we're rock and roll, and I'm uh, more than just excited about this particular intensive. In uh, 35 years of doing intensives, this is the first time that we've had a group, and we've got all the uh, personal code evaluation scores in. And the personal code evaluation, the way it works, is it breaks your personal code down into two ten areas. 
And what we use it for is we administer to people who are going to take an intensive or people who just want to know more about their own process. And what it does is it shows you where your blind spots are. So rather than coming to an intensive and go, oh, well, I think I'll work on something, what happens is the personal coach says, here's where your biggest opportunities are. Uh, and the reason why we have blind spots, you know, it's kind of like uh, with the eye. We know scientifically that each of us has a blind spot, often our periphery vision off to the right, about, uh, oh, maybe uh, 50 degrees out there. And where the optic nerve goes through the eyeball, there's no light energy that comes in. But, you know, I'm looking straight forward right now. I can look to the right. I can look to the left. And I don't see a blind spot. There must not be one there. Well, it's interesting. The brain fills it in. There was some interesting research that was done by a professor, I forget what university, but he developed a set of prism glasses. And when you put the prism glasses on, everything turned upside down because the prism reversed the light. The brain would only tolerate the upside-down construct for a maximum of six hours, and then the brain would right-side up the image. If there's in documentation that your brain knows the way it's supposed to be and your blind spots are blind because you don't know they're there, I don't know what is. It's a pretty, pretty uh, incredible piece of research. And so what happens is it breaks, you know, we look at uh, stress management, love for others, love for self, love for truth, freedom from fear, freedom from hostility, use of will, uh, validity, consistency, uh, nutrition, digestion, toxicity. So there's a whole range of scales that we use. And what happens is that the evaluation tells you where you can best get the benefit and gives custom assignments for each of those particular blind spots. And so we'll normally see somebody come in, and you know, usually if someone has kind of lived in the standard world and haven't, hasn't done this work before, it's not unusual to see somebody come in with three or four scores that are in the 20s or 30s that are in, really in crisis. And when the intensive is over after just nine days, if people do those assignments, it's not unusual for us to see 50, 60, 70, 80% increases on those scores where the world of psychology says, oh, you can't change those scores. They're permanent. Nothing's permanent if you know how to forgive. And if you know how to look at the blind spots and what assignments to use, how the mind works, how the brain works, to uh, to undo the blind spots. So it's, uh, it's a pretty powerful uh, set of tools. And uh, the, the exciting thing about this intensive is that where our scales are from 1 to 110 areas, this particular group there isn't a, a score under 65. I've never had it before. So everybody is in the upper one-third uh, percent of the evaluation possibilities. And what that means to me is that it's going to create a platform for us to really sail higher than a group would normally sail because uh, there's such a, a powerful foundation. Everybody that's coming to the intensive has done a significant amount of work already, and uh, most have done at least one or two intensives prior to that. There's one lady who, though she hasn't done an intensive before, started doing my work about 30 years ago in Atlanta, so has been continuously ongoing with the work for 30 years, and uh, it was interesting that, you know, we never see somebody with scores that are 70-plus the first time around, and this is her first intensive, but after 30 years of applying the tools and doing the work, 
all of her scores were above 70. So, so it's going to be a, a pretty in, incredible flight, I think, this next 16 days, and I'm really looking forward to it. Jeannie, do you have any thoughts in that regard? You've been looking at the evaluations. No, I just I think, you know, that uh, the group that is scheduled to be here are serious about their work. They're serious about taking the laws of living and, and moving to the next level and, and possibly teaching it. And so I think uh, you're right. I think it's going to be a, a different level of uh, participation and probably some more awareness than is usually there. And So, yeah, it should be cool. Yeah, I'm not uh, not 100 percent sure at this moment, but uh, I did talk with uh, Susan Darnell, who's kind of uh, the primo teacher outside of Heartland of Laws of Living. She's done more classes than anybody have ever, has ever picked up, and on her own, she said, "I'm going to do this." And so, she's uh, done five Laws of Living classes now. Just completed her fifth one in uh, North Carolina. And I think she's going to be joining us tomorrow. So, so that'll be pretty incredible. She'll add a whole other level uh, to the process, and um, you know, ready for her to to go to the next process. So it's it's um, pretty interesting to see how groups come together. Uh, the last group, the uh, only one person out of the whole group uh, had a, a number one or two challenge, other than love for self. And so the whole focus of the intensive being came. How do I stand as a space of love for me? How do I stay connected to love when I think about who I think of as me? And so that made for a uh, a really uh, um, interesting process with everybody and some monumental uh, score changes there. Uh, a couple of folks with uh, some major uh, symptomatology that just disappeared. And uh, looking forward to the next level, see what happens next. So. Beyond that, probably the, the place we, we need to go today is, is uh, to really reinforce the fact that whenever your mind is using hostility or fear to generate its perception, its perception is always a lie, literally. I mean, if you imagine that, uh, you know, think of it in terms of your television set. I want to watch Channel 2. I really want to watch the programming on Channel 2. I'm committed to watching the programming on Channel 2. And you turn your, turn your TV on and it's tuned to Channel 4. Would you sit there and watch Channel 4 when you wanted to watch what was on Channel 2? You wouldn't do it in a million years. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I don't like this programming on Channel 4. What will I do about it? I'm going to switch channels. Well, it's interesting that people say, I want to live as love. I want, to, I want to be that newborn state. I want to be loving, gentle, respectful with myself, everybody that I look at, everybody that I speak to, everybody that I talk to, everybody that I interact with. I want to do that. That's I want to be on that connectedness to love, rock with that first law. And then they tolerate hostility and fear. And, of course, I say they. I mean me, me too, you know. At what point do we actually believe our perceptual minds when they're insane? Our definition in this work of insanity, little different than the world's definition, and by this definition, we find that most everybody in the world is insane, and that is a human mind functioning without the active presence of love is an insane mind. 
literally. Because the human mind is designed to function attuned to the channel of love. Now you go back to Yeshua in the first century and he says the first law, he says you can let go of all the rest. If you handle this one, you've got it taken care of. You must maintain your human life in the presence of thoughts about the creator or neighbor. And when you do that, then you will maintain yourself. And so if that becomes the primo directive that you want to follow, then how are you going to do that? You're only going to do that if you stay connected to the power supply called love. Otherwise, it's a joke. You can't do it. The human mind is designed to be fueled by the active presence of love. It cannot work properly. It cannot be fueled by hostility or fear. And the human mind, when it's connected to love, when it's functioning as it's designed to function, will always come up with the highest and best perception possible. If you are in the most traumatic of circumstances and you keep your mind connected to the active presence of love, it will always give you the absolute best direction possible. Because what will happen is, rather than counting on the past stored in this multi-generational database called a body-mind unit, you will actually have access to the mind of love, which in the ancient teachings was called the mind of God, the mind of the Creator. Nothing religious about that. The Creator is love. You're designed to function connect on, connected to love. You're made in the image and likeness of love. You're made of love stuff. And if somebody's told you a lie, they've told you a lie. Stop lying to yourself. That's what you're made of. What kind of messages did your culture give you? What kind of messages came from your father, your mother, your teachers, your rabbi, your priest, your minister, your television set, your president? What kind of messages came to you that said you were something other than love? All of those messages are lies. They're not true. And the work is about reclaiming and functioning once again out of our original identity. And that is that of love. Every cell in your body is designed to be plugged in and fueled by love 24-7-365. Now, the ancient teachings talk about a time when the whole world will be fooled. Boy, have we been fooled or what? Oh, a little rage, a little hate. You need those things in the real world in order to protect yourself. Excuse me. If you want to be stupid, hang out with a hostility and fear-based mind and watch how you destroy everything you touch. It's kind of like the reverse of the Midas touch. What's the Midas touch about? When I choose to stay connected to love, then everything I touch will turn into gold. That's the real Midas touch. The world has lost... Uh, lost awareness and understanding of that and it's taught us that no no this is about that physical yellow stuff that's the really important stuff well you know just is not the way it's designed to be and so people walk around like zombies are there always zombie movies anybody who's functioning out of hostility here is a zombie there's no human life in them there is only human life where there is the active presence of love. 
So what we're here to do is to offer people, in particular, the tools of Yeshua from 2,000 years ago for how to be restored to love. Nothing about all the religious conversations and all the stuff that passes in religion and all the, the garbage. It's just real simple. Are you functioning as love? Then you have a human life. If you're not, you don't, and you could. That's the work we're doing. So we're honored that you're here to share the time with us. And if you have a question for us, if you're in the phone queue, then all you have to do is push one. That'll put a little hand up in the control panel. Jeannie will know you want to talk to us. If you're on one of those stations where we can't see you or in your, you're in the chat room and you have a question for us, you can call 646-200-4169. And that will put you on the phone line. And if you have a question, you push one, then we'll be here to answer your question. Gene, do we have anything happening in the chat room? I know Dr. Tim isn't with us today. We'll hold the space for his mom. He's, she's, uh, he's taking her to a, a new chiropractor today, so he won't be with us. But we certainly send our uh, our presence, our being, our love to uh, to Dr. Tim and to Mom. That uh, this chiropractor she's going to is just the perfect person with the perfect mind to keep tuned in to her and support her in total and complete well-being. Jeannie, any callers or anything happening in the chat room? Nobody has their hand up. We have a few people on the switchboard, though. Chat room's totally empty. I'm assuming that by us being four or five minutes late getting on that they probably thought the show wasn't going to happen but um so there's nobody in the chat room but me you all who are on the switchboard or anybody who's listening from another channel dial in and press one and that lets us know that you actually want to talk and that you're not just listening uh yesterday we had had a skype caller and we didn't get around to them so hopefully they'll call back in but i don't see one on the switchboard as yet so there is nothing going on, no questions, no hands up. So I know that somebody that's out there listening, if we were sitting in a room a alone, hand just Michael, went up. there it is. Cool. Let's say hello. 910, you're on the air. Oh, sorry, I got my mute button on. Sorry, it's Susan in North Carolina. How are you? Well, hey there, Susan in North Carolina. I am rocking. How about you? I'm fantastic. Um, I'm so happy to hear the show. I'm not. I'm just going to breathe through all of that you said. Uh, it's so sweet. I have a little girl here with me, and Nicole is listening. And uh, anyway, it was funny her reaction to what you said. But um, what I want to say is, I wanted to ask a question. We had a, a support group last night, and it was fantastic. Um, I decided that I would just open with the why again and do that and do the worksheet process because we had. Um, a guest, Daniel brought a guest in. He's been in my laws of living, I think, three times. He's went through the course. Right. And um, he's met her at one of his other 12-step meetings, and um, they came last night. So she has a husband that's um, health-challenged, maybe going to uh, make his transition, and she wanted to do a worksheet around um, fear. Uh, so uh, Yolanda was sweet enough to role model doing a worksheet first on some issues she had. And then we went in, and it was just, it was wonderful to see the shift. And um, it was so sweet because she said, is there a book that I can learn more? And she may be on the show right now, I don't know. But And I had a book right in my bag that I had bought and been carrying around for the last few weeks wondering who it belonged to. 
trying to, uh, you know, thinking the right person would show up. So I was able to give her that book and her get started. And uh, that was just, it was really exciting to be in the place, the right place when someone showed up, uh, you know, to get this information first time. And everything I said, Michael, she was sitting there going, that's right. I, she was in alignment. She was so ready. That's awesome. Yeah, she had read The Course in Miracles for about three years by herself and studied. And so all of it made perfect sense, and she took the worksheets with her, and um, I told her I would support her any way that I could, and I sent her to the website. And I hope she's on the call. As I'm saying that, I'm thinking she's probably listening to me. But it was a great group last night. It always is. Uh, Dr. Kim always talks about how it feeds him, and I feel the same way. Um, And this Laws of Living uh, class that you have coming up, um, that's, I mean, it's, it's just an awesome opportunity to clear out another level of the um, lesson love that, um, you know, the generational lives that we carry with us that um, come up from time to time. So with that being said, my question, <laughs> I do have a question. I have a lot of questions, but I'm gonna, I want to hear more about the power person and when it gets um, triggered by your partner that you're in relationship with to the point that uh, it's completely, they've taken that file over. And you can explain more about what that means, simpler probably than I can. Okay. Well, one of the things we talk about in the codependence to interdependence intensive is a thing that I call relationship substitution. And what happens is, you know, we, we think we're bodies. We've been told we're bodies, and we've lived a life where we think we're physical. Uh, totally a fraud, totally incorrect. You know, if you listen to Einstein, and this science has been around for decades, if you listen to Einstein, he says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. Max Planck, over 100 years ago, receiving the Nobel Prize in Physics, and said, guess what, folks? Here's what I've discovered after a lifetime of studying, quote-unquote, matter. There is no matter, he says. Our entire world is made up of succeedingly smaller patterns of vibratory fields nested one within another, within another. And so if you come along and your particular energy field, you know, say Charlie shows up, and his energy field resonates patterns of rage and guilt and fear in Michael Rice, then what's going to happen is those vibratory patterns nested in me will fire and they'll create a picture in my mind that I call Charlie's body. And I'll be sure that I'm in relationship with Charlie and that Charlie is the reason I'm feeling all of the feelings that come from those nested frequencies firing in me. And so I'll believe that Charlie is the cause of my turmoil, my rage, my guilt, my fear, whatever it is, in the way of nested frequencies that are moving in me. Now, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Charlie, it doesn't matter if he's 10 miles away, 10,000 miles away, or 10 feet away, can't reach inside my skin and cause anything to happen. But he can resonate nested frequencies. And so when we look at a world of bodies, we're looking at our own nested frequencies made into a picture in our minds, the the construct of a picture 
that looks like a body is nothing but an image in a mind. It doesn't exist anywhere in actuality. And so if I form a picture of myself as a body, as a young man, and they tell me that I'm this, and this is my nose, and this is my eye, and this is my hair, and this is my ear, my nose, my eye, my hair, my ear, my nose, my eye. You know, after a million times hearing that, I go, I guess that's what's true. And so my brain produces pictures based in that message. And so if I look in the mirror and I don't understand that I'm made of nested frequencies, I'm not a body, I'll see a picture called a body. And then, you know, I'll go out looking for Mrs. Wright, and I find Mrs. Wright, and lo and behold, Mrs. Wright will be the person who has the matching nested frequencies that I have. And if I have a bag of garbage, then there's no other way, but Mrs. Wright is going to have the matching bag of garbage. And interestingly enough, the world calls relationships based in matching bags of garbage love relationships. And so... I look in the mirror and I see a body and that's me and I look at her and I see a body and that's her, I think. And so now I have two non-existent bodies in my mind that are in relationship with each other and each body is made up of nested frequencies in me. So all conflict and relationship comes from the conflict I have in the nested frequencies in my own mind based on a thousand generations of insanity. And then, at the same time as I was forming this picture of myself as a body, I was building a picture of what we call in this workshop, in the codependence workshop, codependence to interdependence, the power person. The power person is somebody who has more power over my life than I do at some point in my life, and I perceive the situation as a life threatening situation and so when I have that power person I'm nesting frequencies that belong to them into my structure and building a picture of what I think of them as a body so now I have a non-existent body that I call me I have a non-existent body I call Mrs. Wright And hiding and lurking under the surface, even if my power person has been dead for decades, I have a nested set of frequencies for my power person, another body. So now I have three non-beings in me. If Mrs. Wright has gone through a similar socialization process, then she has three non-beings, one for her body, one for my body, and her power person lurks under the surface. Now, as long as there's only my nested frequency of my body and her body in each of our minds, things will tend to be complicated, but, you know, we'll do some therapy and we'll have some tools to cope with it and we'll go, well, well, you know, we're kind of getting along and it's okay. We have a few flare-ups here and there, but, you know, that's just the way it is. But The day that Mrs. Wright violates a goal, an important goal, that I had for my power person, what will happen is, and this is easier to understand, of course, diagrammed out in the board like we do in video, but but what will happen is that when she violates that important goal I had for my power person, so let's say 
I had an important goal for my power person to just always cherish me, no matter what. And all of a sudden, one day, she laces into me, you stupid SOB, what's wrong with you? Why can't you ever do it right? What do you think this is? Then what will happen is, when she violates that goal that I had for my power person, is I no longer will see her through the file that I have on her and the nested frequencies that I have on her from actual experience with her. What will happen is that that picture that comes from that file in my mind on her will collapse. And my mind will now seek the file of my power person and I will use all of the unresolved emotional energies I had with my power person to build a picture of Mrs. Wright. She will look physically similar, although sometimes it can be a very dramatic change in perception. She will look very similar, but in fact, what will happen is Excuse me, I'm driving, so I had to pay attention to something here. So what will happen is I will use the nested frequencies unresolved with my power person to build my brain's image of my brain's image of Mrs. Wright, and she will show up in my mind looking like the body that I always thought she was, but she will be clothed in all the emotional energies unresolved with my power person. So I call that relationship substitution. So I will substitute all of the issues with my power person for the issues I had with this person. The way that somebody can tell that this has happened, you know, most people can remember exactly the day it happened and what they did. But the way you can tell that this happened is is that there will come a day when the person you hold so dearly all of a sudden speaks to you like they don't even know who you are anymore. You say, well, who are you talking to? It's like you don't even know who I am anymore. Well, they don't know who you are anymore because they're not talking to you. They're talking to the unresolved issues in their power person that they've projected into their brain's image of your body. So they've substituted the power person for you. And so that creates a whole new, you know, that's, that's the phase at which the world says the honeymoon is over. And once a person locks into my power person file, the only one that can free them from that file is me. And it takes a significant amount of work to let that slave free, to let them free from that part of my mind. And that's a major core piece of work to do in building true, honorable, sweet, holy relationships that we're designed for. And so that's, in a nutshell... 
and I, I hope that's what you were looking to uh, to ask. Does that address the issue you were going for? By the way, before you answer that question, once that occurs, once, you know, Mrs. Wright violates the goal I had for my power person, and I put her in my power person file, and she's going to be locked there probably, unless I really have the tool, she's going to be locked there forever. That's like, that's the end of the relationship. But what will happen is that uh, once that occurs, my behavior is going to change so much that there's a very good chance that I will do something to violate her power person goal because my behavior will become so bizarre compared to where we started in relationship. And I will probably activate her power person dynamic and so she's going to be back in relationship with her power person. I'm going to be back in my in relationship with my power person. And we don't even have shadows of relationship like we had out of the pictures of the bodies that we thought we were. And, of course, the ultimate goal of the whole process is to recognize that it's an inside job. And, and the key is to tell, if I'm not able to maintain the active presence of love, an interaction with this person, then I'm in my power person stuff once that relationship substitution occurs. Now, I can say, but their behavior was so bizarre, it was so erratic, it was so off the wall, look what's wrong with them. Well, that can all be true. It may have been bizarre, off the wall, erratic, but the key is if I'm in pain over what appears to be that behavior, that's my work, that's my power person dynamic, and when I see the opportunity in that situation to work through that, that's when I get free of all of the issues I carried with my power person. And when you do that, the whole game changes. It's just a different world. So how does that fit for your question? Is that is that nailing it and uh, making sense? Absolutely, Michael. You're right on. That's exactly uh, right on. Cool. So any other questions or thoughts on that? Because uh, it's such a key part of the whole puzzle of uh, this game of life. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm in a hallucination around it. I know that because it's totally less than loving. And um, it's my next piece of work. And uh, I'm totally willing uh it looks to me from where i'm sitting that it could be eons of work uh days weeks years uh and i don't know uh you know you can break through in a second as of course the miracle says the the holy instant can happen yes um, absolutely but i know i know the power person both of them mom and dad that i had um are up and they've been triggered and they're uh is and I do love mom and dad. Uh and I see the um the dynamics that played out and I was really an only child, so it's it's um it's right there front and center and, and I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for anyone but myself. I've got my work to do and it's a full time job. So I'm very grateful. If it's anything I'm willing to do, I'm willing to do my work. So I will take the tools that I have and I thank you know, at my last worksheet last night was on gratitude at the very end 
and it was um, I'm grateful that I have these tools um, because there was a peace that um, a grace that I stepped into after working through some of the issues. Um, but I was right. really ready to throw in the towel and quit. And right. uh, it was almost like just um, almost like what Job said, you know, <laughs> what was it that he said? Just a drop of water or something like that. Oh, um, the intermission like, that he wanted? Yeah, the intermission. No, no, Job, Job says, just give me time to swallow my saliva. This yes, process is it. so intense. I just, just give me long enough to go, oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's really what I was, I was thinking. And, and, and not only I wasn't thinking that really, as you said, like that, I was thinking I want out. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I and, want And, out. of course, I, how, often, how often in relationship to your power person did you want out? Did you think the solution was getting out? How often did I want out of my, are you kidding me? You don't even want to know. It's probably, I wouldn't want that to be recorded <laughs> on the radio show. Because <laughs> I, I know we're being it. recorded. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, uh, I'm telling you. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting, the power person dynamics, because it is truly a love-hate relationship. It flips so quick, you know. Yeah. I adored my father. And, um. And still, yet and still, a part of me uh, absolutely wished from ex- for escape. Matter of fact, I got married uh, eight days after I turned 18, and I started planning it when I was 17 and a half so that he could not stop it, that I would be married, um, you know, I would be 18 when I got married, and I wouldn't stay but eight days after I reached 18 in his house. Yeah. And I, I left so that's a pretty intense desire to leave. So guess <laughs> yes, what's going to come up? Guess what's going to come up in your healing process? An intense desire to leave. How shocking! And how did it feel? How did it feel when your power person left you? How did it feel when he left me? Yeah. Excruciating. Uh, you know, I noticed this has been the real uh, gift in this is that I see how um, I'm turning to sugar over and over and over again. I'm turning to drug. sugar. Oh, yeah. As a drugger? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, I just wanted to make sure you were saying that because, uh, you know, Southern Bells oftentimes talk about, you know, being so sugary and sweet. So I wasn't sure which, oh. uh, which you meant there. So you're So you're looking for the drug is what you're saying. I'm telling you, uh, yes. And, you know, that's funny because my power person, my father, this was exactly the, what was played out, was any time I cried as a child, um, of course it resonated his sadness. I know that now. I didn't then. And he would take me to get ice cream. Yep. That would be his number one thing. It wasn't. He wasn't mean or anything. He would say, do you want to go get some ice cream? And, of course, that was the attention that I wanted. Of course I wanted to go get ice cream. They called me his shadow when I was a little girl. Everywhere so I, I get went, attention. I was with him. Yeah, so I get yeah. attention and sugar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and my daddy. And and the plugging effect of the mucus-creating uh, cow uh, uh, proteins and uh, and such. And and also Absolutely. another reason why another uh, addictive part of uh, milk and uh, is, uh, you know, there's a protein they call Casomorphine, and it means what it says. Casomorphine, 
there is an addictive morphine in all milk products, cheese, dairy, ice cream, and people get addicted to it. And it's interesting that we live in a culture that something like 70% of the education or so-called education, it's really very, very deep brainwashing. The so-called education in the public schools comes from the dairy board. Those people who sell a morphine-filled product that is addictive for children and adults. And, you know. So breaking away from the addictions is, is quite an interesting challenge, isn't it? Absolutely. It is a very interesting challenge. I mean, it's it's uh, it's almost like my mind tells me, and we know the mind is a liar, but the mind tells me that I need to get away from this person because the pain that's created in this relationship is driving me to eat poison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost like I want to die at some level. I'd rather die than be here. And, of yeah. course, that makes a good case for... Uh, what my power person did, which is to leave. So this is really, it's quite interesting. And I'm going to tell you, I am, uh, my life, if I can role model to the world one iota. i got to breathe. Hold on. Go for it. Go for it. Beautiful. can role model and the words that come to my mind are way out of hell which is what I consider being under the power person's rule in a relationship so be it well you change the world every person who does that contributes to a, a necessary change in the world and that's one of the reasons why I appreciate the work that you've done and that you're doing with yourself in your relationships and with laws of living. It's just uh, awesome uh, what you are doing because that's what creates the energetic breakthroughs to sanity. And, you know, I think you've just, I, I one, acknowledge courage for uh, speaking what you just spoke and, and being honest enough to share what you just shared with the audience uh, because I think it helps everybody to see, oh, that's how this power person thing works. And how, when the stress is up and the chips are down, I want to do to, to to those who resonate and I put in my power person file, I want to do what my power person did to me that I hated the most. And, you know, that's just crazy making stuff. So thanks for sharing it. Thanks for uh, bringing it to awareness and, uh, and giving everyone an opportunity to uh, see through it and move into the space of healing. The face that is takes huge, huge amounts of courage and to let go. You know, the letting go part is uh, is so big. Um, it was kind of fun. We were, uh, last year, my granddaughter was three, and we had picked her up to go out. I don't know, we were going somewhere to the zoo or something, and uh, she's sitting in the back seat in her, her you know, car, car seat. And all of a sudden, out of the back seat, her favorite movie is Frozen. And so here's this three-year-old who breaks out into song. And her arms fling wide open. 
and she's singing the theme song from Frozen. Let it go, let it go. You know, this three-year-old voice just wailing out, let it go. And, you know, when we can't let it go, when we see ourselves in situations where we know better but we say the same old thing over and over again, you know, it creates a tightness and a lock in tissue from holding on. And, you know, that letting go is just, it's, for many people, it's such a difficult thing to do. And, you know, their bodies start to express that tightness and that locking up uh, in resistance to letting go. And you know, so so thanks for your willingness to uh, to touch into that and to uh, begin to move that on another level because it's a huge gift to give the world. Huge gift. Well, Michael, I am at my destination, so I'm going to have to sign off. But thank you so All much right. for holding the space for me. You've got it, young lady. You've got it. We'll look forward to hearing from you. I appreciate you so much. And everybody in the okay. audience, thank everybody for holding the space. Hopefully we'll move this energy and role model, moving it to everybody. Ooh, I got tears coming again. I got to breathe. Okay, All right. Thank you so much. Blessing. Talk All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ah, yes, to uh, to simply begin to question the mind when it's in hostility and fear and knows that its hostility and fear is justified is such a monumental piece of work, one that has been conceived of by very, 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 very few people in all of history. And so we're here to uh, to spread the knowledge that it's not only possible, but that it really can be done. You know, it's kind of like the story about why the Ozark chicken crossed the road. Everybody knows why the Ozark chicken crossed the road. It was to show the possible that it really could be done. And uh, the truth is, and 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 I appreciate you, uh, uh, Susan, for showing this right here, right now. I know we've been processing and talking about those issues and it's huge, huge, huge. So nice work. Fabulous work. And our call in number is six four six two hundred four one six nine. And we're here to have a conversation that supports you in taking these tools, putting them to work up. on a global scale and let's talk to our hand up. Awesome. Four one seven, you're on the air. Hey, Michael, this is Julie. How are you? Hey there, young lady. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Um, I was listening to the radio show, and, um, you know, certainly the power person dynamics are quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I thought I remembered you saying in the past, because um, over the years we have experienced different power person dynamics with different people, that it is quite challenging to get out of that power person dynamic once the person has taken the other person and put that, substituted the other person into their mind, into their power person. It's a, it's a big piece of work. Once once I've entrapped someone in my internal unresolved power person dynamics, the way that I let them free is to resolve my power person dynamics. I really don't know of another way to let them out of that file. 
and that's why you know we'll we'll hear from people and they're in relationship and and they'll often say, well, you know, there's so much water under the bridge, we could never really effectively do this. And if people take the tools and they do the work required to resolve their power person dynamic, they can successfully remove that person from that part of their minds, from that part of their perceptual system, and go back to the point where they begin to relate. What what happens when that piece of healing takes place is we stop relating to ourselves as bodies and we relate to ourselves as beings, as human beings, as the presence of love. When we do that, we can start to conceive of others not as bodies, but as human beings, as the presence of love. And then what we have is we have a relationship being to being. The thing that that does is it ends the insanity of the throwaway relationship. You know, in this culture, we are taught we're bodies, which are objects, and as objects, we relate to other objects. And oftentimes, because of the brainwash of this culture and the sexual orientation and sanity of this culture, we relate to others as sexual objects. So, you know, what have we been taught? If we have an object that we're finished with, we throw it away. And so when we relate to another person as a sexual object and we've had our fill and our share, then we throw that object away and go on to another relationship. If we actually resolve the power person dynamic in ourselves, we release that person we're in relationship with from that file in our minds and we're able to experience them and ourselves being to being. We now have a being in relationship with another being, not a body in relationship to another body. And that changes everything. There's no throwaway. It just it just becomes a whole different dynamic. And so that's what we're looking to uh, to offer and to share with others is the the possibility of actually doing that, which is pretty powerful. Extremely powerful. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's a very powerful subject, and um, I'm really glad that you went into depth. I've heard it many times, but it was uh, real sweet hearing it again today. And um, thank you for sharing. Absolutely delighted to be on your team, and uh, delighted to have you on ours. How's the weather out there in Theodosia today? Actually, I'm sitting out here in the sun, and it's um, uh, probably about 50, but uh, it feels really good to be in the sun. And nice. we did have. We had a really good support group last night. It was real powerful. Uh, Chuck did a little processing. It was uh, dynamic, and we had a lot of fun, you know, getting together. So things are moving good. Fabulous. All right. Awesome. Well, anything else exciting happening there? Anything else to report? No, I think that's it. And uh, It sounds like you're having a really blessed time down there with a few of my friends. So um, you you have fun moving that energy out. Yes, actually, um, let's see. The people that are going to be here, you know, Doug Bingley from 22 years ago at Heartland is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like maybe Susan's going to be there. I'm not sure 100%. And, of course, Linda's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Who else have we got on the list? Is Julie going to be there? And Julie? No, no. Julie did the nine-day codependence to interdependence. Okay. So she was there for the first uh, first section, but she's not going to be there for the laws of living. Okay. But 
anyway, we're we're uh, we're getting to, ready to rock, and and you know, as as I said earlier, and you, you're familiar with the personal code evaluation. This is the first time we've ever done an intensive where everybody's scores are at least a 65 on any given area. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it's going to be a really powerful platform to work from and to uh, to move forward from. So I'm excited. Yeah, sounds great. And and I would think that that might be that, you know, you what these people together, that this might show uh, a representation of the collective unconsciousness or or consciousness that we are moving forward as a group. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that would be my take precisely. Okay. Sounds exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Well, you have well, you a have... <laughs> Go ahead. I said, you have a blessed day. It's in the plan. It's unfolding already. Okay. We're just getting errands done and ready to uh, – Actually, the first two people are going to uh, arrive at uh, at Heartland tonight, so or at Heartland at uh, here in Orlando tonight. And uh, as I said, we still do have two spaces available, so seconds. if somebody's ready to jump in and ready to go, and Jeannie tells me we're down to thirty seconds, so I'm going to just say thank you everybody for sharing with us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. A I N dot com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.